The Mariners cast presented to you by Sportsitos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is August 17th, Thursday. Mariners have a day game coming up at uh, 11-10. That pitching matchup is George Kirby against Angel Zerpa. Mariners won last night 6-5 in uh, typical Mariners Royals electrifying fashion. Uh, on today's Mariners cast, we will recap last night's game, uh, talk about the stars, uh, cover real quickly uh, recent recall catcher Brian O'Keefe, who was recalled from AAA to replace Tom Murphy, who went on the injured list, and dive into tonight's pitching matchup of Kirby versus Zerba. So, Mariners are now 65 and 55, six and a half games out of the American League West behind the Texas Rangers and Houston Astros. Mariners are now one game out of the wild card behind the Toronto Blue Jays, plus 60 run differential, seven and three in the last 10. The star of last night's game was Julio Rodriguez. Tell me where you've heard that before. Uh, he continues to carry the team. Julio went four for six with a run, two RBIs, a double, two stolen bases. Um, he was absolutely dynamic, electric, on fire, whatever adjective you want to use. Um, that was him last night. He brought the energy. He hit the ball super hard. Uh, on, for, oh, so the first three games of this series, Julio is seven for 16. He's hitting 438. Scored two runs, six RBIs, two doubles, three stolen bases, gold glove center field, just absolutely on fire and carrying this team. Uh, Ty France stayed hot in this game, one for one, but he had three walks, a run and an RBI. Cal Raleigh hit an absolute laser shot down the right field line in the first inning for a two-run home run. He went two for five. And Jose Caballero went three for five with a run and a stolen base, uh, but was picked off in a clutch situation in the seventh and was thrown out at third, uh, which made the third out in the top of the ninth. Um, never make the first or the third out at third base. Uh, old baseball adage still rings true. Um, overly aggressive in that situation, and there's no excuse to get picked off, but still went three for five. Uh, so really this game started with the Mariners scoring three runs in the first, two of which came on the Cal Raleigh uh, homer. At this point in time, you know, as a Mariners fan, you thought to yourself, well, okay, Mariners scored three runs against a bottom three offense in Kansas City with Luis Castillo, a top 10 starting pitcher in baseball on the mound, Mariners going to be golden, cruise to this victory, um, go up 2-1 in the series. Kansas City scores in the bottom of the first. And in this inning, you could see very quickly that this was not sharp Luis Castillo. And I've said in the past, and I'll say it again, when Luis Castillo is on, meaning he can locate, the ball where he wants to and his uh, velocity and spin are where they typically are. He's a Cy Young candidate. 
he should win a Cy Young with that kind of stuff and that kind of location. Um, he's brilliant. And we've seen that Luis probably half the time. The other half of the time, it's when he can't locate or his stuff is down ever so slightly. Sometimes you get both. And that was last night's game. At that point, Luis Castillo is a good pitcher, not a great pitcher. That's when he looks more like a two or a three, which is still good. And in this game, immediately, you could see that he wasn't uh, 100% Luis Castillo. Uh, people were tweeting that his velocity was down. Um, it ended up staying down, but not as much as it was at the beginning of the game. But his velocity was down across the board, 1.1 miles an hour on the four-seamer, and then just below a mile an hour on all the other pitches. And his spin was down quite a bit, 159 RPMs on the four-seamer. He just didn't have it. And so Michael Garcia let off, first pitch single off of Castillo. This is a middle-middle fastball at 92. We're not used to seeing 92 miles an hour from Luis Castillo from a four-seamer. Um, he was just trying to probably trying to loosen up or warm up. He grooved a fastball. Uh, Garcia hit it for a single. Next batter, Bobby Wood Jr. grounds out four three on. Uh, but the second pitch, which uh, Witt did not do damage on, was an eighty four mile an hour slider that was belt high and on the outer half. But a pitch that Bobby Witt Jr. typically would hit. So another. Poor, poorly located pitch from Castillo to Witt, got away with it. Uh, Michael Massey ends up hitting a sacrifice fly to drive in Garcia. This was a slider that was low and inside, but in the strike zone to a left-handed hitter. So I always call it the happy zone. It's where left-handed hitters, left-handed hitters typically swing. The bat path of a lefty is typically through that low and inside strike. Is exactly where this slider landed. Um, obviously, that's where sliders are headed from a righty to a lefty, but you want to either get it uh, back door on the outside corner or towards the uh, the shoe tops of the lefty. So poorly located slider in that situation. Salvador Perez singles on a single. Uh, that was in the lower half of the plate, but in the middle, another, I guess you could call it mistake because it was very close to being middle-middle. And then MJ Melendez singles on a what was a good pitch that was low and outside fastball that was well located, but still gave up the single on that. Castillo gets out of this inning with giving up one run. But four, the first four hitters in the lineup got pitches to hit, right? Um, you see this sometimes out of Mariner starters where it takes them an inning or so to kind of loosen up and, and start to locate. But this was really poor location from Castillo coupled with the downtick in velocity. So Mariners stay up 3-1, go up 4-1 in the second, scoring a run in the second. Castillo surrenders another run in the bottom of the second. Uh, Drew Waters leads off with a triple on an 87-mile-an-hour changeup, but this was also center cut. Uh, Nelson Velasquez popped up to second, but this was the fastball that was in the middle of the plate in the upper half at 95, a pitch that Velasquez should have been able to hit. Kyle Isbell hits a sack fly, and then uh, Michael Garcia struck out on three fastballs, but they were also in the middle of the plate in the upper half of the zone. So what I'm getting at is 
Luis Castillo, the first and second innings, gave up two runs, but he was lucky to only give up two runs because of his poor location. Same thing happened in in the bottom of the third. Um, Salvador Perez singled on a six-pitch at-bat, but really it was a ball, uh, a pitch that wasn't a strike. It's just Salvador Perez has such great plate coverage that um, you really – you see him hit pitches he has no business hitting. So that's not on Castillo's location. But then MJ Melendez doubled on a belt high fastball. So again, location issues in the third, similar location issues in uh, the bottom of the fourth. And from that point forward, after the fourth, he did allow a run on this in the sixth, but there were really no more middle, middle pitches. And he was able to sort through his, uh, his lack of location. What I loved about this start from Luis Castillo is that he did end up going seven innings. He gave up nine run, nine hits, four runs, one walk, only three strikeouts, 99 pitches. But on a day where the Mariners bullpen was clearly tired and a day where they needed seven innings from Castillo, despite the fact that he, his spin was down, his velocity was down and he couldn't locate for the first four innings. He still pushed through he still toughed it out. And this is what your veteran leaders do for you. Even on off days, they still show up. They don't fold. And he kept the Mariners in the game. Um, I applaud him. I think it's really difficult to do. And, you know, you can equate this to days where you wake up and you don't feel like going to work or you don't feel like being nice to people or you don't feel like cooking. Or if you have kids, you don't feel like taking care of your kids that day. But you show up. You do what you need to do. You take care of business. And that's what exactly what Castillo did in this game. I, I applaud him. I think, um, again, it was clear from the first pitch that he didn't have it. And yet the Mariners won. So kudos to you, Luis Castillo, for for battling, um, keeping the Mariners in the game. So he comes out after seven. After or after seven innings, it is a 4-4 tie. Uh Top eight, the uh, Mariners score a run in the top of the eighth on a uh, sacrifice fly by uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, Dylan Moore scores, makes the game 5-4. In the ninth, uh, the Mariners scored on a Julio Rodriguez single to right field, which scored Sam Haggerty. Um, this was the play where Jose Caballero was thrown out at third for the third out. But this made the game 6-4. Uh, before that, Gabe Spire pitched a scoreless eighth. I think he's a very underrated reliever at this point in time. Um, he's looked good. And I think we, as people watching the Mariners, uh, take for granted the fact that Spire has been as good as he's been. Um, 96 mile an hour fastball, 95 mile an hour slot or sinker. You don't know which one is which. Similar philosophy to the Mariners starters throwing that fastball and sinker, but he got his 13th hold, uh, one scoreless inning, ERA down to 3-3-2. So Mariners are up 6-4, heading into the ninth. Here comes Matt Brash. We've been through this a couple of days ago. Uh, Matt Brash comes in to face Nelson Velasquez, um, right-handed power hitter that was acquired from the Cubs this season, a uh, former prospect. And Velasquez hit a what I consider to be a pretty good pitch from Matt Brash out to left field for a home run, makes the game 6-5. 
this was a 99 mile an hour fastball that was uh, belt high, but on the inside rail, not an easy pitch to turn around. Um, there were no big misses by Matt Brash in this at bat. Uh, he was throwing fastballs and, and sliders, but Velasquez hit a good pitch. Um, you tip your hat to him. You don't necessarily want to see it belt high, but turning around an inside 99 mile an hour fastball is not easy. So gives up the homer. It's six, five. You're saying to yourself, Oh, bleep, you know, here we go again. And Matt Brash challenged Kyle Isbell, left-handed hitter with a 91 mile an hour cutter. That was bottom rail. It's called a ball, but then came back with a hundred mile an hour fastball, middle, middle. That was uh, where Isbell flew out to left field. He was late on it as a left-handed hitter hitting a fly ball to left. Um, but I think probably smart. Uh, Isbell's not a bad, not a bad player, but fact of the matter is when you've got the stuff that Matt Brash does, you would much rather see Brash challenge uh, a hitter than dance around him and walk him and, and get a runner on. Uh, Michael Garcia comes up, sees three fastballs and two sliders all in the outer half. Uh, uh, clearly, he was trying not to come in. Uh, got a call right strike three on a 99-mile-per-hour fastball on the outer rail. And then first pitch to Bobby Witt Jr. was a 92-mile-an-hour cutter, bottom rail, but outer half that he got Witt to weekly ground out to the pitcher. Uh, I thought it was really nice pitching by Brash. I like him as the, in that closer role quite a bit because his stuff is so dynamic. He's one of the few pitchers that you can say can miss his spots at times and still get away with it because his stuff is so nasty. Uh, I also liked the the pitch to Bobby Witt Jr. because in the previous game, when he hit the grand slam off of uh, Emerson Hancock, it was a 91-mile-an-hour fastball that was in the middle of the zone but bottom rail. And so this pitch, this cutter, gave the impression that it was a fastball in the same location, but it um, had that last-minute cut. And that's part of why he induced the weak contact. So smart pitching. I don't know if he meant to locate a bottom rail, but I liked it. Um, it was effective. He did give up the home run to Velasquez, but the reality is he closed out the game. You don't care that he gave up the run. You care that you got the W. So nice pitching, Matt Brash. Um, I think the Mariners should think seriously about keeping Munoz in that eighth inning role and making Brash and maybe – Topa and Spire, if need be, um, that ninth inning by committee with Brash taking the the majority of the saves. I like that setup better myself. I don't know if that's something the Mariners will go to, but he looks good in that in that role in my mind. Uh, so the Mariners called up Brian O'Keefe from AAA. He is a right-handed hitting catcher. He was called up to take the place of Tom Murphy, who went on the ten-day injured list with a left thumb sprain. Uh, I don't think it's serious with Murphy. I think he'll be back. I think he's retroactive to a couple of days ago, so he's probably out for another week or so. O'Keefe is a 30-year-old, again, right-handed hitting catcher. Uh, this is the second time the, Mar second time the Mariners have selected him. They did so in September of 22 as well. Uh, he grew up in Albany, New York. He played his college ball at St. Joseph's in Philadelphia. He was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals in the seventh round of 2014. Um, 
he was a rule five pick of the Mariners in December of 2019. He's twice been, uh, been become a free agent with the Mariners and re-signed in the off seasons that happened in 21 and 22. He's really just kind of a, a good organizational minor league catcher, the kind of guy you could see become a coach for the team when he retires. Um, that typical second catcher, right-handed hitting, hits for a little bit of power, not going to hit for a high average. Uh, but you like to have these guys in the high minors in case you run into a situation like Tom Murphy's injury. So far this season in 378 plate appearances, triple slash of 240, 325, 5'11". He has hit 22 home runs. He has a double-digit walk rate at 11%. Uh, but... You know, again, when I envision a decent third catcher in an organization, this is what I see. He's a veteran. He hits for some power. He'll hit out a mistake. Uh, he probably won't hit elite pitching very well. You probably want to limit his exposure to same side pitching. Um, but he'll do damage on occasion and he'll take a walk and he'll handle the pitching staff and he'll play good defense and. He is the perfect complement. If you can't have Tom Murphy, he is the perfect complement to Cal Raleigh, who is much better hitting from the left side than the right. So Brian O'Keefe is up. I would expect to see him start today after Cal Raleigh has played so many games. It is a day game after a night game. You usually use your second catcher in that situation. So I expect to see Brian O'Keefe in the lineup. He's probably going to hit eight or ninth, um, but expect to see him today against left-handed pitching Angel Zerpa. George Kirby's going for the Mariners today. Uh, Kirby is turning out to be a legitimate AL Cy Young candidate this season. He's 10 and 8 with a 3-1-1 ERA, and he leads uh, the American League in whip at 1.00, 144 and two-thirds innings, 131 hits, 131 strikeouts, only 14 walks allowed. That's good for a 2.5% walk rate. Uh as I've stated before, George Kirby is a little more effective against righties than he is against lefties. Um, I did go back and look at his last uh, four starts, and it's clear that he has junked the changeup for a split finger, specifically against left-handed hitters. Uh, he threw in his last start against the Orioles where he got the nine-inning shutout, no decision. He threw 11 splitters in 103 pitches with no change-ups. On the 5th of August against the Angels, nine he threw nine splitters, no change-ups. Uh, July 31st against the Red Sox, 11 splitters, no change-ups. And then on the 25th against the Twins, 17 splitters, no change-ups. So he has taken on the split finger uh, in lieu of the change-up against lefties. I've talked about how that's given him a really different look against left-handed hitters and something to think about because it's not a pitch that he can control nearly as well. Um, just kind of by definition, that pitch is difficult to control. So uh, I like that look. It, obviously, it was very effective against the Orioles in his last start. Uh, George Kirby is a legitimate American League Cy Young candidate and super fun to watch. He's becoming must-see TV for Mariners fans. Um I'm looking forward to this start. I'm happy to be able to watch it during the day. Uh, Angel Zerpa is going for the Royals, 23-year-old left-handed starter, 6 feet, 220 pounds. 
He was signed out of Venezuela in 2016 for $100,000. Debuted with the with the Royals in 2021. According to MLB Pipeline, Zerpa is the Royals' 12th, number 12 prospect in the organization. Royals see him as a back-end starter. He does have pretty good command of his uh, four-pitch mix. He throws a four-seamer and a sinker at about 94 miles an hour a slider at 85, and a changeup at 87. Uh, he had a knee injury at the end of 2022 and then a shoulder issue to start the season in 23. Um, not, a, not a huge prospect. Uh, I think he's uh, the type of pitcher that or all organizations need. Um, doesn't quite have the talent of someone that you would want to see in your rotation because you would like to see uh, uh, a little better stuff, a little more upside so far this season, he's thrown eight innings in double A, 26 and two thirds innings in triple A. And then he is uh, one and one in four games uh, with the Royals. He did start in the minor leagues. He has not started yet in the majors. Today will be his first start in 23 for the Royals. Um, expect to see all four of those pitches mixed in pretty equally. He was more fastball heavy in 22 so far this season. He's trying to throw all four pitches pretty equally. Uh, I would expect to see some like no more than four or five innings from him, probably closer to three than you would expect them to bring in a right-handed pitcher um, to turn the lineup around against the Mariners. So clearly AL Cy Young candidate versus ceiling of a fifth starter um you would expect the Mariners to have the advantage but we've said that in the first three games and we all know what's happened so should be fun again the Mariners at at the end of today let's see I, I haven't even checked to see if the Blue Jays play today but by the end of today the Mariners could be let's see at minimum a half game out of the wild card and potentially, the Blue Jays do, I don't believe, play today. But let me double check here. I know great podcasting. I apologize. The Mariners could pull within a half game of the wild card by the end of today. Um, as I said yesterday, as of yesterday, the Mariners' wild card chances were about 30%. Uh, I expect them to actually make the playoffs. This is a lot of fun. Can't wait for today's game. It's going to start in about an hour. Enjoy George Kirby. Enjoy the Mariners. Enjoy this hot streak from Julio Rodriguez. Um, kudos to Luis Castillo for keeping the Mariners in the game. As always, we will be studying bullpen usage because it's become very, very interesting with Paul Seawald gone. Enjoy your Thursday. Take care, y'all. Enjoy that day game. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Mariners cast. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20. That is T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0 in the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Take care, y'all. Peace.